Hi, readers. Welcome to Books Connect Us from Penguin Random House. This is a podcast about staying connected with each other and the stories and authors who inspire us. Today's guest is Lauren Ho, author of the debut novel Last Tang Standing. This funny romance has been described as Crazy Rich Asians meets Bridget Jones's Diary and is about the pursuit of happiness, surviving one's 30s intact, and opening oneself up to love. This story asks the question, in the endless tug of war between pleasing others and pleasing herself, is there room for everyone to win? In this interview, which also aired on my Roman Selva podcast, Learning the Tropes, I talked to Lauren Ho about her life, her writing, and everything romance. Enjoy. Lauren, so Lasting Standing, this is your first book. Um, what inspired you to write it? Um, so I had been, um, I've always wanted to be a novelist and I have been writing short stories for some time now and just trying to find story that would resonate with me um, enough for me to like sit myself down and finish the, the entire novel. And so in 2017, uh, while I was moonlighting, if you wish, as an open micer in, uh, in stand-up comedy, I, <laughs> I got the idea for, uh, for Andrea. Like Andrea just walked into my head and I thought to myself, this is a really interesting character. And, um, you know, she's facing a lot of the issues that people my age would be facing as a woman in Southeast Asia. And, um, like it just started snowballing from there and i think after scribbling some notes in in over two nights i had an idea for the novel and i just ran with it i love that um and i love i know that you have been you were a lawyer in a previous life and then a stand-up comedian and now a novelist um i always love people who have non-traditional career paths just because I think it takes a lot of guts to be doing one thing and then say like nope actually I think this will make me happy and no this will um what sort of emboldened you to make those changes just just before I mean when I was writing the novel I was actually working with Dr. Sridhar Porters in uh, Singapore um so I was actually back working in the humanitarian sector um and I suppose that was that's what gave me enough hit like hit space to just be able to write more because it was during this time as well that um, I was I was um, I was writing more in general uh, when it came to short stories. So I think just being not being in a very like nine to five job gave me the hit space I needed to sort of write. Like mm-hmm. in the evenings as well, I felt better while I was working with Doctors Without Borders, um, um, to 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 sort of have that hit space to write. Because when I was working as a as a lawyer, I didn't necessarily feel mentally um, able to sort of like write a novel in the evenings. Whereas when I was working as a humanitarian worker, I had more s- mental space to write a book. If that makes any sense. Well, yeah, that has a lot of parallels to the book. Um, So in the book, your main character, Andrea, is somebody who is in her early 30s, and she's starting to feel the pressure sort of from every aspect of her life to settle down, you know, 
have check all the boxes. So have the husband, have children, have the high powered career. Um, and it's sort of, I loved the book because it's sort of her realizing what she really wants. And it's interesting to hear you talk about sort of your transitions that it seems like you maybe followed a similar path to Andrea or Andrea followed a similar path to you. So I think that's really interesting. Um, I think we write what we know. And uh, there are definitely similarities or parallels between what Andrea's doing in the book and or will be doing in the book uh, with my own life. Because I think, yeah, we write what we know. So I think that Andrea's character is definitely uh, inspired by my own experiences uh, working in the corporate world and then deciding to transition out of it. Oh, I hope I'm not spoiling my own book. <laughs> I feel like they, that I saw that maybe on the flap or something, but it's, um, yeah. Uh, so this is a romance novel podcast. So would you, do you consider this book a, like a romance novel? I think my book is a rom-com that that's mm-hmm. the accurate, um, representation of it. But in my mind, I always thought of it more as like a humorous novel above all. So yes, there are romantic subplots, but it's not for me, it's not, um, the main purpose of of the novel because I think it kind of tracks Andrea's inner growth as a woman. Mm-hmm. So yes, there are romantic subplots. It is a rom-com. But j- just for me as an author, I always, I always viewed this novel as being more like, in a way, a coming-of-age novel. Even though I know, I know she's like much older than the typical coming-of-age protagonist, but there are some elements to it because she's trying to discover what she wants in life. And she's been telling herself that she's supposed to follow a path. But then throughout the course of the novel, she's going to realize that that's not necessarily the path that she should be following. I think that happens to a lot of people. And I'm not that much older than Andrea. And I feel like I have a bunch of friends who followed her path as well, as far as being like, very corporate or doing what they think they're supposed to do. And then there is always a moment where you wake up and you're like, who am I doing it for? Uh, And that's what really made me love um, Andrea because to, I think it is, it it takes a bold person to then sort of make those decisions to, to change or, or to even start Mm -hmm. asking those questions because those are big, scary questions. Um, So we spoke a little bit about uh, before we started recording about, uh, sort of your uniqueness as an author. I think mostly of the books that we read are from American authors or British authors. um, And you offer such a wonderful and unique uh, perspective. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how sort of that informed the book and everything. I was asked a similar question the other night um, as to how I would classify my novel. Would I classify it as a Malaysian novel or mm-hmm. a Singaporean novel? And um, I thought, to, I thought may, maybe the way I would classify it is, is a Malaysian novel set in Singapore. Um, and I'll ma- explain a little bit more why I say that. Because the, the protagonist is Chinese-Malaysian, and she is actually working in Singapore. And um, her experiences as a sort of like a, a migrant in Singapore is actually the experience of many people in Singapore. And it's not a classically Singaporean novel in that sense, because 
most of the characters are not really Singaporean, but it's just people coming to a country, working there, and, and then maybe through that process, finding, something, finding out something about themselves. So um, for as my background, my background has been uh, one of, uh, of, of relocation, of moving. So I've lived in three different countries, uh, three, in three different continents um, and several countries. And I think just being someone who's lived in so many different countries has shaped the way the novel has shaped in the way the novel is. And I think anyone who's like moved to another place to find new economic or new professional opportunities would appreciate the book, would find parallels in the life of Andrea and her friends, even if they're not familiar with the uh, local culture. So, yeah, I think it's easy. it would be easy to sort of find something from the book to identify with, even if you've never been to Asia, even if you've never been to Southeast Asia. Um, I think there are, there are themes in the book that would appeal to um, uh, a reader who's never been or is not familiar with the culture, the local culture there. Yeah, I definitely agree. I have never been to Asia uh, and don't know very much about um, Southeast Asian culture at all, other than sort of what I've seen in Crazy Rich Asians. But uh, I, it's why I really love this book too, because I felt like it was a, it was so, it's such a different experience to read a book from an author who is of that culture and sort of the insight that you get is so um, unique. And I, that's something that I really loved about this novel too, is, is I felt like, having never been to Singapore, now I feel like I have a better idea of what Singapore is or who people in Singapore are, sort of what the culture is like uh, in a way that I don't know how I would in any other way. And I think that's why books are so amazing <laughs> because they do give you that really, uh, that on, like on the ground insight into so many different cultures and people and, and different ways of living. So I think that's an interesting observation. I mean, Asia is not a monolith and neither is um, my book. My book is not trying to portray, is not trying to be the be all and end all of Singaporean uh, culture. And Singaporean, Singaporean culture is very diverse. It's, it really depends um, what your background is, what your ethnic group is. So I'm, I'm really glad to be able to bring my perspective as a Malaysian Chinese who is who was based in Singapore um, and to showcase a facet of Singaporean life, mm -hmm. if not culture. So that, that, I mean, a lot of people have said like, oh, this book reminds me of Crazy Rich Asians. But I think Crazy Rich Asians portrays a very different uh, social milieu compared to, to that of my characters. Uh, of course, my characters are privileged but they're also professionals who are working and uh, they're not uber rich. Some of, well, some of them may have a lot of family money, but they're not uh, uber rich. Um, and they are definitely uh, trying to strive. They're striving and they're trying to find their own uh, slice of the Singaporean dream, if you wish. And they're trying to build identities, identities apart from um, family wealth as well. So I think there are a lot of um, differences from, 
Crazy Rich Asians. And I'm really glad to be able to bring um, that facet of Singapore life um, to an international audience. And I think that's the positive thing about, well, I'd love to hear maybe your uh, uh, thoughts on this as opposed to sort of just telling you mine. Um, but I think that is the, the importance of diversity in romance, um, you know, geographically or ethnically or in any other way, because Singapore is a big country. Uh, or um, And so there's no way that one book would ever encapsulate everything about such a large group of people. And so having your book and that book and hopefully other books as well set in Singapore um, will just sort of add to it. I think representation in ro romance and in mm -hmm. contemporary literature is so important. Um, I, I, I never would have dreamed that I would be able to be published by a, an international big five publisher if you know I never heard of success stories coming from people from my background, like Tash Ao. I mean, of course he's written amazing books in literary fiction and it's a totally different genre from what I'm doing. But if I had never grown up seeing someone like Tash Ao or Tan Tuan Ng or mm -hmm. Yang Zichu uh, succeed, I might never have thought to myself, um, well, I can do the same and I'd like to do the same. Also to have an awareness of like the world outside like our own borders, our own national borders. And we do that through fiction, to the consumption of fiction. And I'm just really pleased that I'm able to bring, um, to represent Singapore slash Malaysia in, in the genre that I'm in, which is romance. Mm -hmm. So I'm really pleased about that. So you're a romance reader then? Um, I think I consume uh, romance, well, rom-coms. I, I watch a lot of movies I, yeah. and series that are romantic, I suppose. Um, I do read romance in the sense that I read rom-coms. Does that make sense? I'm starting to read romance. I, I don't, I, I know romance is such a huge genre, right? I, I think I'm mm -hmm. more like the rom-com reader on the rom-com reader side of the spectrum more than the um, more hot and heavy <laughs> romance <laughs> reader, yeah. if that makes any sense. Steamy is what we say. We say it's very yes. steamy. <laughs> steamy, yes. See, I don't even know the um, how to classify it. But yes, I do read a lot of rom-coms. Uh, rom what are you reading right now? What are you enjoying? Um, in terms of romance or in, in general? I guess in general. It doesn't have to be romance. So it's strange, right? Because we're currently in the pandemic. I mean, yeah. we're in the midst of a global public health crisis. And I find myself reading a lot of thrillers, like psychological thrillers and, mm -hmm. and reading a lot of uh, um, heavy stuff. So I've recently started rereading a favorite of mine, which is uh, A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara. I hope I'm saying her name right. Yeah. And I've been reading a lot of thrillers. So like Lisa Jewell, um, Paula Hawkins, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been reading a lot of thrillers. I don't know what it says about me, but but I feel like the thrillers are light now. In light of whatever's going on, I feel like I needed to escape by reading something else that's, I don't know, set in another world maybe. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I feel like it's, it is like a pure escapism sort of a way. Um, what rom-coms have you been reading that you've been liking? 
Um, I recently read one of my uh, fellow 2020 debuts um, book. Her name is Madisina, Madisinha, and she basically wrote this uh, amazing Grey's Anatomy style uh, rom-com called The White Coat Diaries. Mm-hmm. And so I just read that. Um, yeah, so that's the most recent rom-com I've read. Um, what have you been reading? Oh, I've been reading uh, a lot. I, for some reason, I think it's a similar thing to you where I want to read as far different from like what's happening now. So I've mm-hmm. been reading a lot of like historical romances just because I'm like, I want to get like just a completely different world uh, which those are set in a world that never existed. Um, and then we, for the podcast, we just read a, an alien romance, which I didn't think I was going to wow. enjoy as much as I did. <laughs> Sometimes we, we have our Sounds listeners. Sounds exciting. Yeah, we have our listeners uh, email us suggestions. And so this was one that a few people emailed quick in a row and we were like, oh, we have to do it. Um, and it's Strange Love by Anna Guire. And it was really, really well done. And it was really good. And I was like, I guess we are all just aliens trying to find love at the end of the day. It's an important lesson to learn. Yeah, yeah we're all the same. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting time to be reading romance now because there's just so much, so many new uh, interesting titles coming out. Um, I know that when I'm done with my promotional, the promotional work in the next two months, I'll have some time to read and mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the, the host of exciting novels that are coming out in the next few months. Yeah. You were a lawyer. And something that I find really funny is just the amount of lawyers and you're a rom-com author, maybe not strict romance, but there are a few uh, former lawyers that are currently romance novelists. So there's Alicia Rye and Courtney Milan. Um, what do you think it is about the law that attracts women that ultimately just want to write romance? It's really interesting because two, two of the Malaysian authors I mentioned, Tash Al mm-hmm. and Tan Tuan Ng, all have legal backgrounds. So they were all <laughs> lawyers as well. Um, I don't know, maybe because, you know, sometimes the work can be quite tedious. So you start like fantasizing about other things. And from there, you maybe, maybe you start writing. I don't know. Or maybe we were all like meant to be writers and we were thwarted by tiger parents. I don't know. <laughs> parents are actually really chill. They're not tiger parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to be, I had to go to law. If I had like good grades, I had to do that because um, that's what, that was what was, like acceptable like you can't be a writer and, and and expect to 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 make it at least for people from my background um it's very hard to imagine being a published author and there's so few success stories mm-hmm. um at least on the international level that you kind of feel like oh no i shouldn't even try so i'm i'm i'm, I'm glad that uh i did try because now i'm published so i'm, I'm excited about it i'm excited to use to be a, an inspiration, if you wish, for other people who are trying to make it from my side of the world. So, yeah, definitely, and I'm sure you will be. It's uh, it's really exciting. Thanks so much for yeah for taking the time to join us this afternoon. Like I said, uh, Lasting Standing is out June 9th, so go pick it up now. All right, thank you so everybody. much for your time, Erin. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you for listening to Books Connect Us. For more great book recommendations and information about your favorite authors, feel free to follow Penguin Random House on social media or visit penguinrandomhouse.com. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps more listeners to find our show. This podcast is produced by Pat Stango and edited by Clayton Gumbert. I've been Aaron Leaf, and until next time, this has been Books Connect Us. <laughs>